You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Utes. A lot to get to ahead on this Tuesday edition of the podcast. And Brian, doing something here on today's show that we typically would have done on a Monday show, but obviously more pressing matters necessitated. We talk about something else on Monday. So where are we going on this Tuesday? It was a big news day for the football side of things at the University of Utah as multiple players were awarded uh, honors, weekly honors, uh, everything from Pac-12 positional players of the week all the way up to a certain senior bowl uh, dispensing peanut buttery goodness in the form of a weekly award to one of Utah's greats. And we're also going to try and uh, break down what did and did not go well for the University of Utah on Saturday. So a whole lot of that and more ahead on today's show. Our title sponsor today is our good friends over at Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all of the parts your car, truck, or SUV will ever need. Check them out at rockauto.com. All right, without further ado, though, let's get rolling here on a Tuesday. This is the Locked on Utes podcast for September 28th, 2021. again, welcome on into the Locked On Utes podcast, your daily podcast focused on all things University of Utah athletics. And thank you for making us your first listen every single day. We want you guys to tune in here first to get the latest when it comes to the Utes. And I happen to be Jay Catch, but across from me is the more important part of this duo, the brown bear in the chair himself, Brian Brown. How are you, my friend? I guess consistency is important now, Jake, because I'm here almost every single day. And you know what? You're going to have to kick me out any other way, and it's going to take a whole team of you. I'm a big boy. It will take a whole team of us, but we have no intention of doing so. I can tell you that much. (laughs) So a quick reminder for everybody before we really get rolling here to make sure you hit that follow button wherever you're listening in from. We are your daily stop when it comes to the Utes, making sure you guys are apprised of everything going on up on the hill. And a big thank you for your guys' support. Hey, Brian, by the way, uh, before we talk some football, did you know that today is the first day of Utah men's basketball practice officially? That is great news, Jake. Uh, I think the more sports, the merrier. We've got jazz camp having just started locally for those who are out here in Utah or in the SLC area. Uh, men's basketball should be a fascinating year as it's a new era up on the hill. Craig Smith taking the reins, almost an entirely new team. I had a good chat with Brandon Carlson a while back. He uh, stopped by the Utah Social Open Barbecue uh, we're, we're working on some things in terms of some headband action for him. So we'll see, Ooh. see how that develops. If, if you're into that kind of thing, so accessories, I like it. Well, that should be worth watching out for. Absolutely. That in the basketball. Sweet. Well, yeah, so we'll have more on the Utes, obviously, as their basketball season approaches. It's crazy to think it's coming that quickly. But, yeah, today is officially the first day of practice for the running Utes. And 
the first day, I guess, of the Craig Smith tenure or era really beginning, and we'll have more for you guys as we get closer and closer to the college hoop season. But more importantly, let's talk a little bit of Ute football, Brian. They are 1-0 in the Pac-12 by virtue of a victory over Washington State on Saturday. I guess let's start here. Let's look back and uh, talk about our takeaways from this. And, Brian, let's start off with the interceptions that Utah was able to come up with because I believe all three of them that they came up with, especially the pick six for Clark Phillips, they were absolutely critical to the Utes coming out on top in this game. What I think it's indicative of is the amount of study and time and effort this defense is putting into trying to be better. And, you know, turnovers are something that Coach Whittingham has harped on for a long time. And it was uh, very evident in all three uh, three instances that this was a situation of Utah watching film, knowing what was coming and capitalizing on it. I think that's a really good sign moving forward. Yeah, I would agree with you. And let's be honest, Brian, was this the most impressive performance for Utah? No, but I think the important thing is the Utes won this game. They're off to a 1-0 start in the Pac-12. I'm actually going to steal a little bit of a line from uh, Patrick Kinahan, who I work with on a daily basis over at the Zone Sports Network. He said the good news is for Utah that they're off to a 1-0 start, and the Pac-12 South apparently has decided to just become hot garbage. I'm, I'm using some different words than he used, but he really thinks Utah is still very much in the mix in this division, especially considering how unimpressive other teams have looked. Outside of UCLA, he's spot on. I think the Bruins are, are really uh, bearing down on the rest of the Pac-12 South right now and doing their best to establish themselves as the kings of the honeypots. Well, I think Arizona's going to come after us for a DMCA on that one, and maybe UCLA will find a way to, you know, get after us too. But nonetheless, you got a good point there. So. Yeah, yeah, given the uh, the state of Arizona's defense, I'm not too worried about their pursuit <laughs> drills right now. So uh, if they want to try and uh, score on this team, they've got some work to do still. All right, I like that. All right, well, let's talk a little bit about more about this game, and I I think that the – the gist of this is that Utah offensively is still having an identity crisis. Are you seeing the same thing that I'm seeing out there? 100%. I think what's happened is is that Utah has slowed down the tempo, and they've decided that they can beat teams from the very get-go with slow, uh, basic, uh, white bread-style offense. They want to go under center, 12 personnel, balance formation, and inside zone on first down. And then they want to go play action off of that. And then they want to go play action boot. And guess what? By the end of the game, Washington State had them sniffed out a little bit. They want to wear opponents down. And it's not working out because the offense is not effective enough early on to make that game plan stick. And so they've got to find some ways to get the ball downfield. Now, if if Andy Ludwig is trying to put the reins on Cam Rising, I think that's the wrong way to do it, right? And it was evidence. I think it, it, in droves on Saturday that, you know, you can try and keep the ball under your control by not throwing it downfield, but Utah's going to find a way to turn the ball over anyway, so might as well throw it around a little bit more. Well, we all know. The, the, Go ahead. Sorry. The, the fascinating part about this is that, you know, with Charlie Brewer, they tried to throw the ball more, right? Yes. And now with Cam Rising in there, we're trying to just basic it out even more. The, the, 
the correlation between personnel and KYP, right? Know your personnel and calling play accordingly has been seemingly inconsistent all season long. And it's fascinating that they continually have to rotate guys in there to try and get a spark rather than just giving guys the spark by doing things schematically and tempo-wise that allows them to do it. We saw some success this Saturday when they went up tempo. And, and they just refuse to do it. And it, it feels more and more to me like this is not so much a Kyle Whittingham trying to slow things down as it is an Andy Ludwig being nervous and or concerned about turning the ball over. And see, that's the thing about it, Brian, though, is I would think that the coaching staff, Andy Ludwig, Kyle Whittingham, uh, to a lesser degree, guys like Jim Harding, I, I think they would look at the film and look at those times when Utah has gone up-tempo, the success they had, particularly against San Diego State, and say, hey, this may be something we want to tap into more and maybe mix up the tempo a little bit. We don't have to go up-tempo all of the time, but it should be something we should deploy more often to give ourselves a better opportunity out there on offense. I, I'm just... I guess the short short way of saying what I'm saying is that I just don't understand why they're not seeing what I'm seeing, and I'm an armchair analyst. There's got to be something deeper, either that or else there's uh, you know uh, a disconnect or, or a schism or something like that in terms of what the reality and, and what the expectation is. Uh, there were open balls to be thrown last last game, and, and, and we didn't see a lot of them. Uh, you know, we saw it in the second half against San Diego State, and we know that Cam Rising can do it. Uh, we saw some more creative, you know, stuff from the offense, the Jaquindon Jackson, the J-Train package. That was good to see despite the fumbles, and, and we saw more usage of Utah's personnel, which I think is also good. But, again, more fumbles. Uh, now I think everybody's going to say, now fix the fumbles. Okay, so is everybody walking around campus with footballs all day? Yeah. You know, like there's not a whole lot you can do to really like emphasize ball security. Uh, maybe there's some stickum stuff up there. I, I you know, uh, I you'd think that be the equipment apparel guy that I would have some sort of understanding of stickum stuff, but it sounds like Major League Baseball maybe has a better uh, uh, recipe uh, for that kind of thing right now. But the bottom line is is that Utah showed some improvement on offense, but not enough. And it's not going to be enough against the UCLA's and the USC's. And even though USC looked pretty awful against uh, Oregon State, they still have guys on that team, and they always get up for Utah. They do, and th that's the important part here. So I'm with you. I I know that we, you and I were joking. I don't remember. Did you put this on the Locked On Now, the whole nickname Locked On Fumbles should be the nickname for Utah? <laughs> that was on the uh, the the – the the secret college football channel, but yes, uh, the locked on fumble skis. We that's something that Utah's got to remedy. There's no doubt about that. So we'll continue to analyze this throughout the week. Obviously, it's a bye week. We we've got plenty of time to analyze things ahead of a much anticipated matchup with USC later in the week. We'll probably turn our attention more to the Trojans. Maybe take a more of a broad view look at the Pac-12, UCLA, and all that. But Brian, coming up here in just a minute, let's talk about the three Utes who were honored for their efforts on the field in that win against Washington State. I think all three of them very much 
much deserving of the awards. We'll touch on that in just a moment. Let's first, though, talk about our friends over at Prize Picks. And you and I, Brian, have always been intrigued by over-under numbers. We do it all the time with the different advertisers we have here on this podcast. But Prize Picks is here to really help you out in terms of just if you're a college football fanatic. They ha- offer more college football props than anybody in the world. They offer all the star players of the Power Five, as well as mid-major players you may not have ever heard of. And all you do really is you're picking over-under on their props. Yardages, touchdowns, even inter- interceptions thrown in the case of a quarterback. It's really that simple. It, it is, and, and the best part about something like prize picks, Jake, is that you have that daily option of getting out there and mixing and matching whatever it is that you want to do. Do you want to take LeBron James in the points with Dallas's defense? Why not? Let's go ahead and have some fun. Let's really throw some things at you, at at, at them, and, and make them work uh, to try and beat you rather than the other way around. Yeah, and it's really simple. You just pick two to five players in that over-under. And as Brian mentioned, you can do a mixed sport entry. So you can do an NBA, an NFL, and a college over-under. It's really, really simple. You can go to their website, pricepicks.com right now. And when you use the promo code Locked On, you can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just be sure to use that promo code Locked On. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Also, make sure you download their award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy. So don't hesitate now. Get to prizepicks.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON for that 100% match up to $100. Or go to your App Store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Let's take a minute here and talk about a resource that Brian and I are very familiar with, and we hope that all of our listeners are familiar with, and that is our friends over at Rock Auto. Brian, I know that you and I rely on our vehicles because we have a little longer commute than most folks, and when they break down, it really hampers our day-to-day lives, and that's where Rock Auto comes in. Jake, the best kind of maintenance is preventative maintenance, and that's why you go to rockauto.com, try and prevent as much as you possibly can those issues that arise or pop up. You make sure that your car is is ready to go every single time you take it out on the road. That's including all sorts of things, right, like air filters, uh, you know, cabin air filters. Make sure you're breathing that nice, clean air every time you get into your car. Uh, making sure your oil is changed, oil filters. There's so much that you can do to your car to stay ahead of the game. There's a lot of seals, bearings, gaskets, all sorts of uh, rigmarole and, and chicanery that's going on in your vehicle every single day. Even carpet mats. It's yeah. all available at rockauto.com because they've been doing this for 20 years. They are a family-owned company. They're the kind of company where they're just going to give it to you straight, lay it out. They're not going to charge one person uh, uh, twice as much as they're going to charge the other. It's all even level uh, pricing for everybody, for the do-it-yourselfers, for the try-it-yourselfers, and for the full-time mechanics. They don't care. They just want to sell auto parts. Yeah, it's really simple. So why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for those same parts from a chain store or car dealership when you have Rock Auto literally in your back pocket? I mean, you can get onto their website on your phone. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Once again, thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every day. want to encourage you guys to make your second listen, Locked On Pack 12 Cindy Robinson and Brian, from time to time, do a great job covering everything going on in the Pac-12 conference. Make sure you guys check that out. Get it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Always love hearing that podcast. But Brian, let's talk about the uh, what are we calling a, a award heavy Monday? I guess is what we should call it. That came uh, yesterday as three University of Utah football players were honored for their efforts in the win over Washington State. Who should we start with here? Do you think? Ooh, uh, let's start at the very beginning, meaning the first player to play in a game, but also win a Freshman of the Week honors. That would be our guy, Karene Reed. Yeah, Karene Reed, a freshman and named Freshman of the Week by the Pac-12. And I think it's actually a much-deserved award. And, Brian, you know better than I do. Uh, was Karene Reed really thought to be a guy that was going to have as big of a role as he's had so far this season? Oh, I, you know, that's a fascinating question, Jake, because I think the thought process was that, at least for me, it was that Utah's got some really outstanding defenders at the linebacker position, and they had a lot of depth, so they'd be able to use a variety of options and guys. And that really, I I know that Karene Reed was, was one of those uh, players that Utah was very, very high on coming out of spring ball. He made a good impact in that game. It was pretty visible. And so I thought that we would probably see him at some point outside of uh, maybe an appearance here or there and special teams, it hasn't been the case, right? And and that's something yeah. that I've talked about probably too much on here is Utah not using their death depth to their advantage. Well, he went out and proved me a, a genius, which boy, if that isn't a miracle in and of itself, because uh, he played fantastic. And, and we talked earlier about the, the the interception that he made at the very beginning. It was a really critical play, got Utah some early momentum, kind of helped, uh, I think, give them some belief, probably helped settle his nerves a little bit, but he was all over the place. And 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 15 tackles, I believe, for the game. Yeah. Uh, really outstanding effort all across the board. And, and did a great job of playing his assignment and, and his keys and everything like that. He gives Utah another dimension out there if they want to do some some funky stuff with, you know, Devin Lloyd was blitzing a lot, and, and I think Utah's seen some struggles on the edge, so if there's a potential for Utah to maybe use him a little bit more from time to time, you know, it's right then and there. Yeah, Because Karenic yeah. can step in and play. I was going to say, Karenic, absolutely phenomenal. He actually entered the weekend without a tackle in the Utes' first three games, logs 15 tackles. It's the most stops by a Pac-12 player in a single game this season and the most by an FBS freshman. Talk about just kind of making your mark in your first career start. Also, he also added that interception, as you mentioned, and added a sack late in that win over Washington State. That is quite the debut for Karenic Reed. It is, and this is a Washington State team that really is struggling to find an identity as much as any in the Pac-12, and he was able to take advantage of that. Uh, I should clarify, you know, if you're going to be moving backers around, you need to make sure that the backers are playing in the right position. So sure. it's not necessarily the case that Karene and Nephi Sewell could play together, uh, but there does seem like there's a potential for versatility with a few of those guys. And, uh, you know, I think the biggest thing that he proved – and it'll be interesting to see what happens going forward is that he proved that he belongs out there on the field and he can make the plays. This is a uh, Washington State offense that's got some athletes. You know, I, Max Borgie is nothing to sneeze at. Well, let's put it this way. Max Borgie going out of that game was absolutely critical to Utah's chances because he was giving them fits early on in that matchup. So, uh, obviously losing him hurt Washington State and also helped Utah. But in addition to Karene Reed's starring performance, Van Fillinger, a fellow freshman, he's a COVID freshman technically, tallied three sacks, the first three sacks of his career in that victory over Washington State. And i got to say, Van Fillinger, for as young as he is, 
The talent that Texas and other top-level programs saw in this young man at Corner Canyon High School, Utah is benefiting from scooping him up during the recruiting process. 100%. And I think really where we're seeing him excel is is finding uh, finding a way home. And, and what I mean by that is getting to the quarterback. And, and Utah was a lot more uh, versatile in how they used him, used him a lot of loops, a lot of uh, stunts, a lot of crashes. That very first sack, I believe it was the first one, that it, where he got up the middle and yeah. he just gone the blocker and ran right through him and basically shoved the blocker right in the quarterback and got the sack. That was a design stunt where he loops on the inside. The rest of the defensive line is crashing down and trying to open up a hole. And, and you can see that when he has a head of steam and can get up field, there's a lot of power in, in what he can do. And, and he's lost weight in the offseason. I think that's going to help him a lot. And as he develops the the pass rushing skills to get by some of these more advanced tackles, you know, it's worth noting that Abe Lucas is a potential first round draft pick. This is yes. a Washington State offensive line that for the most part has been uh, really solid in years past. It, it does seem like they're struggling to adapt to the run game a bit. Uh, imagine that after being in a Mike Leach offense for most of your career. <laughs> um, but he was fantastic. And the, the there's three sacks, five total tackles, definitely indicative of that. I do think that uh, in terms of overall assignment soundness and impressiveness, I may have given the award to uh, Junior Tofuna, who has just been lights out. He had two tackles and one sack, so not quite as gaudy in numbers as Vans, but he also was really impressive on Saturday. Well, let's put it this way. Both of them led the resurgence of Sack Lake City. The Utes finished with eight sacks <coughs> as a team. That's the most Utah has had since recording 11 as a team against Arizona State in November of 2016. Uh, and... Van Fillinger, he is the first freshman to have a three-sack game, and actually his three sacks are the most in a game for a, U- for a Ute since 2019. So some pretty impressive numbers. I get what you're saying. I just feel like you know how people look at the stat sheet. Oh, he had three sacks. Give him the award. And there's no doubt that those were three impressive plays and, and three critical plays. You know, he finished up one uh, that Mika Tafua had kind of started, and that's the kind of pressure that you need to get on a quarterback, especially one like Jared, uh, Jared Garantano, who is just not uh, – ooh, uh, not, not – not, he, he may be bold, but he's not daring, Jake. He's not trying to go deep downfield very often. And and to be fair, you know, Washington State looked like they were a little bit limited at the wide receiver position. Uh, you can only use Max Borgie and Deion McIntosh so much uh, to really get your yardage in the pass game. Uh, I, I believe that, sec- or that wide receiver core was a little bit dinged up as well. Um, and Utah capitalized on it, right? They they yeah. came after the quarterback. They pressured, got got pressure in a variety of manners. It was good to see Aliki Mahi notch his first sack as well. He was really impressive. And you're starting to see why we were so excited about this depth. It's it's weird, Jake. What do I keep saying? Depth, depth, depth. And we're starting to see all these guys that we talked about early in the season and in, in our previews really start to shine. Well, depth is just so critical, and that's the thing about it is that you can talk about all the depth that you've got, but until you really kind of deploy it on the field, that's when you're like, oh, there it is. All right. It just people need to see it. And so uh, don't want to belabor the point, but let's talk about one more guy who received an award, and this one might be the biggest award of the week, if we're being honest. Devin Lloyd, senior linebacker, excuse me, junior linebacker. He's a COVID junior. I consider him a senior, but nonetheless, he has been named the Reese's Senior Bowl Defensive Player of the Week that was announced yesterday by the organization down there in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, Logged a 
eight tackles, a season-high three tackles for loss, one sack and an interception in that victory over Washington State. Uh, the Chula Vista, California native, according to the release here, leads the Pac-12 and is tied for third in all of FBS with eight tackles for loss this season. Devin Lloyd is absolutely showing out, Brian. I know the Utes are 2-2. Two and two. I know they're not off to the best season that most people would have liked to have seen, but Devin Lloyd, talk about him just leading by example. He, he really is true, proving to be the Roy Kent of the Utah uh, defense where he is everywhere. And I think this game especially was very, very uh, indicative of that. Saw him getting pressure, saw him making tackles. He got a sack, uh, the interception. He was just everywhere that he needed to be and having an impact, you know, and, and for him to take on the blocks and, and, and get to his spots and allow Karene Reed to, to clean up. That's the sign of a true captain and a true teammate. And, and this is a, this is a man is taking this uh, captainship very seriously. He's taking his role on the team very seriously, and he is playing like a potential Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. He's going to have an opportunity with Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, you know, being nicked up and, and not playing to his full potential. Just got to keep it rolling. He's there. He's he's there. What? I just butchered. He, he's it. here. He's, he's there. He, he's here. He's there. He's everywhere. He's Devin Lloyd. Devin Lloyd. We'll, we'll keep we'll keep pushing the. Uh, I've seen some some folks trying to generate uh, nicknames. You know, my my personal favorite is deloading because okay. he's uh, loading the defense up every single game to come after you. Sure, um, but uh, you, you're a lot of good nicknames out there for for Devin Lloyd, and uh, you know it's just this is one of those moments where we can kind of take a deep breath and be like. Whew, we're watching greatness every yeah. single game, and that's really cool, even if Utah is struggling on the other side of the ball. Yeah, no doubt about that. So congratulations to all three, uh, Karene Reed, Van Fillinger, and Devin Lloyd on their weekly honors, all well-deserved. And once again, a hearty congratulations to all of them. All right, we'll wrap things up here in just a moment on today's edition of Locked on Utes. Before we do that, though, let's talk about our friends over at Bet Online, Brian. You and I are guys who have used this resource. You're a big guy who likes to try parlays out. Have they been successful recently for you, or have we uh, moved on to other ventures? Jake, we're, we're all about the process here. Okay. And so every, every, every loss is a lesson learned and, and, and we're just trying to move along and, and do the best we can. But the good news is, uh, if I were starting today and you use the promo code NFL 100, I'd get a hundred percent extra bonus to have all that going on. And, and I did that when we first started, so I'm still playing with funny money over here. Yeah, it's the way to do it, folks. So get over to betonline.ag. They've got a brand-new website and interface with even more odds, props, and contests. They are the number one spot for all of your pro and college football action this season. As Brian mentioned, you get a 100% welcome bonus. It's double your initial deposit just for signing up, and use the promo code NFL100 to take advantage of that. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite favorite sports so do not hesitate use that promo code nfl100 once again it's all courtesy of bet online your online sports book experts 
running out of time here on a Tuesday edition of the podcast. But Brian, one of you and I's favorite sports, and I, I don't know, I guess it's uh, one of those sports that we just enjoy tracking because we're trying to suck up so we can get into their fancy new facility. But the men's golf program has opened their 2021-2022 season. It is split across the fall and spring, but they are in uh, they're participating, excuse me, in the Mark Simpson Invitational. And I'm looking forward to seeing how this youth golf program does this year, especially considering how successful they were last year. Absolutely, and it's a deep field that they'll be playing against as there's 15 other teams, including Colorado, Wyoming, Air Force, San Francisco, Boise State, Wichita State, those pesky Thunderbirds from southern Utah, uh, those pesky Aggies from Utah State, those pesky uh, canyon things from Grand Canyon. Uh, the antelopes. Yes, the antelopes, the uh, pesky toreros from San Diego, the pesky, uh, I don't know what UT Arlington's mascot is, and Northern Colorado. Mustangs? Yeah, and I think Northern Colorado were the Bears. Yes, head coached by uh, former Denver Bronco uh, Ed McCaffrey, right? Their football program, yeah, Ed McCaffrey with his son. Is it Dylan that transferred there to play for him? Quarterback, I believe so, Yeah. yeah. Uh, Northern Colorado in that, UTEP, uh, Denver. Denver's also the Bears, are they not? Denver is the Pioneers. UTEP, Pioneers. UTEP is the Miners. You mentioned San Francisco. They're the Dons. Don't ask me why. I know all this, but this is how my brain works. Yeah. No, It's and this is why we love you and appreciate you and, and uh, we'll continue to uh, bow down at the altar that is Utah's version of the Swami, a.k.a. Uh, Jacob Hatch. Well, nonetheless, best of luck to the men's golf program, and we really are trying to get an invite to go into that facility. We're 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 unabashed in just saying that on this podcast. So yeah, I mean, it, clearly it's doing some things for them, Jake, because Utah's currently in second place with a thirty-four uh, underscore. Oh, geez, uh, through the first day, trailing only those pesky Boise State Broncos. Get out of the way, Boise! Jeez, nobody likes you guys. Move aside. Go fake swim on your blue turf. Kill more ducks. (laughs) Heathens. Well, that's going to do it for today's show. Thanks again for making us your first list. I want to remind you guys, as soon as we wrap up here, go check out the Locked On Pac-12 podcast. Get it wherever you get your podcast, just like this one. Brian, any final words of wisdom for our listeners? Uh, We're going to go with a little closer from Ed Lasso. Jake, uh, something that's been going through my mind a little bit lately that these next few months might be tricky, but that's just because we're going through our dark forest. Fairy tales do not start, nor do they end in the dark forest. It may not work out how you think it will or how you hope it does, but believe me, it will all work out exactly as it's supposed to. Is this show not relatable in every part of our lives? It's not fair how good they are at understanding what we need, Jake. Yeah. It's just not fair. Well, thank you to Ted Lasso, and thanks, Brown Bear, for that. All right, that'll do it for today's show. Follow us on social media at Locked On Utes on Twitter. Feel free to reach out via email, advertising inquiries, questions, comments, concerns, whatever you've got. Our email address is lockedonutes at gmail.com. And until tomorrow, have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Utes podcast for September 28, 2021, and we will catch you guys manana.